Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. everybody here on this awesome Sunday morning. It's starting to get warmer out and that makes me very happy because I can be outside more. So, hey, today, a couple of announcements I want to give us before we jump into the message today. Um, Starting April 21st, that is Easter Sunday, um, we will be starting a two-week class called FC Grows. Um, people were like, is this like, uh, you know, like a marijuana class that you guys are doing since it's legal now? No, it's not. Um, this is a class about, it's a two-week class being taught by Stephen Kurt that's all about how do you, we, we value, one of our big values is growing equals changing. And how do you keep growing and how do you keep changing when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ? Some of you, maybe you've made a first-time decision or you've recommitted your life recently. Maybe some of you, you just feel like you're in a rut and you need something to kind of get you going. This is going to be like a two-week class of drinking from a fire hydrant. Stephen Kurt is one of our missionaries here, and he is a fantastic communicator, and we love him dearly. Um, And so they're going to be teaching this for two weeks. If you would like to sign up for this, you can do it online at foundationschurch.tv. That is where to find it, and that's where to get going after it. Um, Today we are doing a sermon that I have entitled Dealing with Disappointments. Um, I wish I would have named it Kill the Zombie, Um, but and we could have done some really cool videos, but um, that would scare all the children and the women in the house, and we don't want that. So part of life, unfortunately, is dealing with disappointment. Right now, now, I know if this is your first time, you're like, what a buzzkill this morning. Like, it's like, wah, wah, you're right. Um, I, would, I would love to not um, speak on disappointment. I wish disappointment wasn't a part of life, but, but it is. You know, it's just something that we deal with. Uh, I remember one of the first vacations Casey and I planned to go on uh, was we, we never had money, uh, especially our early, early years in ministry. And so it was about our second or third year uh, being married. And anytime we took vacation, we just went to her parents or my parents because why that may not be thrilling, um, they would pay for everything once we got there, right? Um, they would, some of you are like, we're there right now. I got you. I know where you're at. Um, and so if we just got to their house, they took us actually out to eat with places that had real napkins um, and real forks and 
and knives and like they would bring you a new glass of water or tea instead of still filling it up. And I was like, I am fancy right now because I don't have plasticware. Um, and so we, we, we were struggling and we couldn't afford to go on vacation. And one of the pastors that was the associate pastor at the church said, hey, I, I know things are tight. And when he said that, I'm like, bro, if you know things are tight financially for me, you can change that, bro. Like, I'm like, you have the power. Anyways, um, and he's like, me and my wife and our family have, and I, I, the story I'm about to tell, I am not exaggerating, okay? I know, I know I exaggerate things like snakes talk when I'm swimming in my pool when they're right in my face. But um, this story is not exaggerated. If you don't believe me, you can ask my wife. He said, we have this amazing lake cabin right nestled between San Antonio and Austin, right in the hill country. Um, it is, it, it's just so peaceful. It's just tranquil. And man, it is just a place we get away and it's just so nice. And if you guys want to use it, you know, we're going there in a few weeks, man, have at it. It's yours. It's free. And I'm like, sweet, a lake. And this is important that you hear cabin. Okay. That's what was proposed. A lake cabin. So we get the directions because you had to have actual directions to drive to places. This is before there were Google Maps and maps on your iPhone. This is before cell phones. Um, I hate to say that. Um, but if you had a cell phone, you were super rich and you still didn't have maps and apps on it. Um, and so we get directions and we start driving to the lake cabin in the hill country of Texas. It's supposed to be just absolutely amazing, tranquil. I'm thinking like Ritz-Carlton type stuff, right? And, and and we start driving and we drive past these different cabins and these different houses. I'm like, wow, oh, that's nice, you know? And there's this little river trickling through the area where we turned off. I'm like, wow, this is, this is going to be amazing. We've got our lab with us. And we're like, this is awesome. Um, and so we kind of pull up and all these amazing little lake cabin cottages look great. And I'm like, that's not ours. I bet it's nicer. That's not ours. I bet it's nicer. And we pull down this road and we drive up and, 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 and it really didn't have an address. It didn't have a number on it, um, but we figured out this is kind of the street and the place because this number was here, this number was there, so our number has to be here. And we drive up on this road, and we drive up to a broken down trailer. Now, they said that the keys would be under the house in the lattice. That should have, like, what house has lattice on it, right? And so I, I go in, there's this hole, and who puts a hole where a spider, anyways. And so I go, and, and this is what I'm thinking, dear God, don't let there be a key there. Dear God, don't let there be a key there. You know, I'm just like, maybe we're in the wrong place. Maybe this is not our house. Maybe it's behind the, 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 the broken down trailer. I go, I grab it, I'm like, dadgummit, there's a key here. Um, and I pulled out and I turned around to Casey and I fake smile because she's like this right now. Her eyes are this big, like we are not staying here. Um, this is where Jason and Freddie live, right? And I turn and I'm like, hey, we're here. And we, oh, if only it got better. We open up the door, the back door's just flying open like this. <laughs> just, just flying open. And I'm pretty sure the whole ghost wasn't there. It was just, that was the back door just flapping. There's shag carpet. Um, we went to use the restroom. There is like a Velveeta cheese film on the restroom water that's just been sitting there when you flush it. And I'm like, ew, this is, this isn't so bad, Casey, right? We can do this. 
So we try to close the back door. The back door won't close. So she's like, I'm not staying here if we can't close this back door because somebody's going to come in and kill us. I'm like, that's probably true. So we push the, push the refrigerator against the back door. And, and then we sit down on the couch. When we sit down on the couch, spiders crawl out. Now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I should have known something was wrong when my dog wouldn't get on the couch, right? Like I should have been a telltale sign. I'm not getting up there. So I'm like, well, babe, let's go clear our mind. We'll go get some cleaning supplies. We'll clean this place up. We, we can do this for a week. We can, we can, this is rough. And we can do this. And she's like, okay. I'm like, maybe we're just hungry and we need to. So we go, we get cleaning supplies. We come back. She cleans the bathroom. I'm just trying to kill spiders everywhere. And we go, it's night. It's about 10 o'clock and we lay down in bed. And she looks over to her side and there is a hole in the wall with spiders just crawling all over the ceiling. And I'm one of those people, once I get in bed, don't touch me, right? Don't touch me. Because here's the deal. I get hot really easy. And when Casey, I'm like, girl, you are too hot to touch me. It's sending signals that you don't want. You know, I'm just like, you cannot just let me be, lady. You know, I'm just like, I got, I don't cuddle with me. Don't touch me. I just need to be left alone. And so she clings to me like, ah. There's a hole in here and there's spiders crawling everywhere, Justin, and I can see it. And I'm like, you cannot see. There's not a hole, right? I'm just like, stop exaggerating, Casey. And I look, I, I like roll over. I'm like, there's a hole in the wall with spiders crawling everywhere. What's going on? So we get up. It's midnight. I get up. I shower. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're going to your parents' house because I would rather go to Bob and Debbie's and then pay for everything than stay in this hell hole right now, Right? <laughs> Here's the deal. We get back. He's my boss. He's like, how was the lake cabin? And I'm like, I'm kind of like, it's not a cabin. It's not a cabin. I was like, it's great. It was fantastic. So peaceful. So tranquil. You know, um, and we never told him. Never told him. In fact, if he's watching today, man, thanks for the invitation, but you're a liar. Um, And here's the deal. (laughs) We got there, and what was supposed to be wasn't what was. And to say that we were disappointed, it's not like we could afford to go stay at a hotel in the area. It's not like we could afford it. No, 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 no. We had to drive back to, to McKinney, Texas and stay with her parents. And it wasn't a bad thing. It just wasn't what we were expecting. And disappointment defined simply means this, failing to meet expectations. And one thing I know that is true of every single one of us in this place, as we go through life, different phases different areas of our life, we all have expectations of what that stage and what that area of life is going to look like. We all have expectations. We all have this ideal situation that it's going to look like. And there's our expectations and then there becomes reality. And what do you do when reality doesn't meet expectations? What do you do when you were expecting a lake cabin and you get a broken down trailer in life, right? What do you do in those instances? How do you deal 
with disappointment. And that's what I want to talk to you because we've got to learn to deal with situations and circumstances that are disappointing. And the first thing I would tell you is this, is that you and I, when it comes to disappointment, we've got to learn to be okay with no's and not now's. We've got to learn to be okay with no's and not now's. My text today isn't a scripture, but it's a chapter. It's 2 Samuel chapter 7, and we're not going to read this whole thing, but I wanted to give you a reference point of where we are talking about today. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, what has happened is David, King David, has built a palace for himself. It's a sweet pad. Um, you know, remember Cribs on MTV? It's probably been on that um, Israelite version. Um, it sounded like um, but um, it's Cribs, and uh, he's got a sweet palace. He's sitting there, and he's got his pastor, which he was a prophet, Nathan the prophet, kind of their buds, and, and, and he's talking, he's like, holy cow, what have I done? He goes, here I, have, here I am, I built this amazing palace for myself, and yet the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, is sitting under a carport, right? It's sitting in a tent. He's like, I, I've got to build the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, a, a temple, because that, that's, that's only the right thing. And so Nathan hears this, he's like, you know what? David Greenlight, that's a great idea. Whatever you have in mind to do, go do it. And so David's getting ready to do it. And Nathan goes to sleep. David goes to sleep. Great plan. We'll start on this tomorrow. And God visits Nathan in a dream and says, hey, did I ask David to build me a temple? When have I ever lived in just one place? That's not David's job to do it. In fact, one of David's sons is going to do it. That's not David's to do. The answer is no and not now. And so Nathan comes and tells David the next morning, hey, that's not yours to do. And I'm sure David was like, man, that's a really good thing to do, right? This is a good, this comes from a good place, a good heart. It's not like I'm wanting to build myself another house and then another house and then another house. No, 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 this is a good thing I'm wanting to do. And yet David doesn't just sit there and sulk. He doesn't have a pity party like, what does God hate me? He just has this incredible moment. Read the rest of 2 Samuel chapter 7 where he's like, man, God, how, who am I that you're even mindful of me? Who am I that you have used your servant in such a way? And he has this amazing, amazing moment. And here it is. David wanted something great. And his desire was to do something good. But the answer was no and not now. And sometimes there's expectations. And sometimes there's dreams that you have and that I have that the answer is no. And the problem is like, it doesn't make sense to you. It doesn't make sense to me. It's not that this is a selfish desire or a selfish dream. It's a good dream. It's a good want. It's a good thing. But still the answer is no and not yet. This week, to be very transparent, some of you are like, where aren't you transparent? Um, but, but to be real honest, today's message was not to be this message. Um, I have been preparing for this day for a long time. We were supposed to announce big news to you guys about the future of Foundations Church and what I would planned on and what I had scheduled and what we had been working on for months and months and months was to tell you that Foundations Church was moving a mile down the road to a bigger location at the corner of 51st and Sheridan. It would be about 58,000 square feet. Um, all I had to tell you is there was a 
Jim. And everybody's like, yeah, that's God's will right there. There's Jim. Uh, but, right? It's a good dream. It's a good thing. We, we planned this. We worked this out. And the leadership team here felt, yeah, we, we've got to start unrolling this. And I got a call this past week that the deal went south and that they went with someone else. And it just got ripped out from underneath our feet. And I'm like, what? Like, are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you serious right now, God? Right? <laughs> like, really? Like, this isn't like a bigger house for Justin. This isn't like, I want a Lamborghini, God. This is, this is, I would like a bigger place for us to do more children's ministry and reach more people. And we could do a midweek service at Foundations Church. And it'd be an awesome thing. And then this is to build your kingdom. And the answer is no, and not now. And I was just like, ah, oh, we were so close. We were so close. We, and that's a lot more fun sermon to preach. Can I tell you? It's a lot more fun to preach that than dealing with disappointment. And some of us, I think sometimes we look at pastors or we look at certain people and like, yeah, God answers every prayer of theirs, right? Not this guy. (laughs) It's made very aware to me this week. How do you deal with the no's? How do you deal with the not now's? How do you deal with it? When David heard no, he didn't sit and like sulk and be like, I wanted to build you a temple, God. Gosh, I can't believe this. Like, never get what I want, right? <laughs> right? But some of us, this is what we do when God tells us no. And I always look at kids. I feel so, I always pray for parents in Target and in public places when they've got toddlers. <laughs> Let God give them patience and wisdom on how to address this situation because I say beat their butt, but that will get you in trouble in public. So, um, and, and you see little kids like break down and have a meltdown when they don't get the thousandth stuffed animal that they already have, right? You're like, do you really need that stuffed animal? No, but they're going to melt down. And can I tell you, sometimes we make kids look good when God tells us no. It's true. Because what I know about you and me, we don't like to be told no. But no's are necessary. No, no's are necessary. It's a necessary part of your life. Because here's the deal. If God didn't love you, he wouldn't tell you no. Right? If I didn't love my kids and they said, hey, dad, we've got these really sharp knives and we're thinking about running around the backyard as fast as we can with the knives pointed upwards. If I didn't love them, I'd go, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Run as fast as you can. In fact, let's change it. Let's just blindfold you while you do it and make it really crazy, you know, and and make mom really freak out. No, I love them. So I say, no, or maybe I told them not yet on that. You know, but it's like, I like... You can't do that. Why? Because I love them. And sometimes we've got to understand when God says no or not yet, it's not because he hates you. It's not because he didn't think it was a good idea too. It's just a no. And here's what you and I have to understand. And this is really tough. This is really tough when it comes to disappointment. This is where I really struggled this past week is you can't get your wants confused with God's will. But, but this, is a, this, this is a beautiful want, right? <laughs> like this is a beautiful thing. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13 is where the Lord's prayer is contained. Most of us know this. It says this, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come. There it is, right? I don't want to say that part right now. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And at some point in your life and at some point in my life, and it happened this week for me, the question is this. Do you want your wants more than you want his will? And I got to tell you, that's a hard place, especially, I feel like I'm David a little bit right now. I'm like, God, I just wanted to buy you church, right? I mean, I know I had a gym and some showers right next to it, but all of us can enjoy it. It's not like it's Justin's church. Like, this is, you know, we just make Jesus famous in all we do, right? At 50-verse and shared it. Like, we don't lose anything, but it just made sense. It made sense. It made sense. It made sense. I'm like, God, this this doesn't make sense to me. Like you saying no, like I, I was like, and here's the deal. Like, can I just be real right now? Some of you are like, you're being real already. Um, but I kept praying like with our board and with our staff, God, is this, if this isn't your will, just slam the door. God, if this isn't your will, just slam the door. God, if this isn't your will, just slam the door. And Tuesday, I mean, Monday, slam the door. And I'm like, what the heck, God? Like, I didn't think you'd do what I asked, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. And do you want his will more than your wants? Because I got to tell you, that's where it separates the men from the boys. When you can say, God, no, 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 no. I don't want my will. I mean, I don't want my want and I don't want my wills. I want your will to be done. Because sometimes my wants, even when they're good, even, even when they're good wants, and you can't explain why it wouldn't be God's will. I can't tell you the why behind it. All I can tell you, do you trust him enough to follow his will instead of your wants? Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 26, verse 39. It says, he went on a little further. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. He knows what's coming. He knows the crucifixion's getting ready to go down and bowed his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Even Jesus came to a point where he understood, hey, not, if it's possible, change this direction. You know, you know, if this isn't your will, slam the door, right? <laughs> but not my will be done. I want your will more than mine. When, when we were growing up, when I would want to go spend the night and my, one of my parents would say no, I'd be like, well, I'm just going to go ask the other parent without them knowing, right? That's what we do as teenagers and kids. Like, I'd be like, hey, uh, mom, can I, can I go to Corey's? No, we have to be at church early. And I was like, ready? <laughs> Didn't like that answer? Hey, hey, dad, man, Corey's having a really hard time. He's going through some stuff. His girlfriend just broke up with him. Hey, um, man, he just needs me there. Can I, can I go spend the night? What'd your mom say? She said to ask you. Um, well, I get, sure, go for it. I go, I'm like, yeah. Because we didn't have cell phones, right? So there's no way to get a hold of us. Um, and so I'd show up at church that next morning, and my dad's playing the orchestra, and he's blowing his horn right in my direction, his trombone like this. He's 
these mad moms glaring at me like you have the moms you have looks that literally like put the fear of God in your children without you saying a thing and I can't do it no man was given this gift on earth it is only bestowed upon a woman when she is angry, really, really mad. And she's just like this. She's not singing, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. You know, just gritting her teeth like, I'm going to kill you. Here's the deal. I got what I wanted. But in the process, I created a fight and I created disorder in my family. Some of us, when we don't like the answer and we don't like what God's will is for us, we're like, well, I'm just going to make a way for this to happen, right? You're not the first. There's a story about Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, and Ishmael. Very first book in the Bible in Genesis. When Abraham's 74 years old, right? Actually, he's 76 years old. When Abraham is 76 years old, God appears to him and says, hey, Abraham, hey, Abe, I know you don't have any children, I know it's looking pretty bare, and you're complaining that your only descendant's going to be one of your servants, but, 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 I'm going to make you the father of nations. All right, sounds cool, God. I mean, I'm 76. It's pretty cool that you're doing this when I'm 76. Sounds great. Miracles happen. You're God, Jehovah. We'll go for it. Ten years later, nothing. Right? He's, he's 86 now. Ten years, nothing. Sarah looks at Abraham. Abraham looks at Sarah. I don't know if they had fights, like whose fault is it? But she goes, hey, I got an idea. How about, since I can't have kids, you take my servant, Hagar, and you have sex with her and have a kid that way. Okay, I'm in, right? So here goes, like, how's that discussion go down? Like, I'm like, what? Like, sounds like a good idea to me. Um, so Abraham goes, he has, uh, has a child with Hagar, and they name him Ishmael. When Abraham's 100 years old, 24 years later from the promise that he received from God, Sarah gets pregnant. And in the process of Hagar having Ishmael, there's problems between Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael now. In fact, the Bible says that Sarah is so jealous of Hagar that she beat her and that Hagar took off. And, and when Sarah had Isaac, it said that, that, man, that Sarah got so jealous that she made Abraham kick Hagar and Ishmael out of the house, just make them run to the desert, like, shoo, go, go, like, you're not welcome here. Like, how's that look? Like, I know you have my child and everything, but get out of here, right? And here's a problem. Some of the, well, it's an Ishmael, the descendants of Ishmael were the enemies of the descendants of Isaac. Isaac would be the Abraham, father of Israel, right? Ishmael, the enemies of Israel. And anytime you and I go around and we try to make something happen that's God's not God's will, can I tell you, you're creating your own personal Ishmael. And you can try to create it and you can try to make it happen. But what happens? God told you a no for a reason. And we can try to make this happen and we can try to see if this can come about. But, but here it is. Then the process of you doing it in the process of it all, there's going to be disorder and dysfunction into your life that was never God's purpose or never God's will in the first place. So how do you deal 
How do you keep going? Well, first thing is this, you res- your response to disappointment determines whether you move forward or go backwards. Disappointment's going to happen. And how you respond determines whether you go forward in life or it really sets you back. Right? When, when David heard this, 2 Samuel chapter 7, David didn't pout because you can be powerful or you can be pitiful, but you can't be both at the same time, right? And you choose. And so David was like, you know what? I'm not going to pout. What I'm going to do is get all the resources for my descendant, for my son, who's going to build the temple. And I'm going to get the wood and I'm going to get the gold and I'm going to get the silver and the copper and whatever he needs. And I'm going to help him succeed in the will and purpose that God has for him. And if you and I don't address the no, and we don't address the disappointments and we don't know and we don't learn to move forward, you're, man, you start taking steps backwards and your nose and your disappointments start turning into something that is completely different. When it comes to disappointments, there's two things you can't do. You can't fail to address it. Man, address your disappointment before it turns. Address your disappointment before it turns. What do I mean by turn? If you watch The Walking Dead or you watch like I Am Legend or World War Z, every zombie lover knows this, that once that person gets bit or scratched and they before they become a zombie or a walker, you have a certain amount of time to address the person that is dead and to stab them in the brain, right? This is total knowledge. Um, before they turn into a zombie, duh, you're welcome. There's a zombie apocalypse. You know how to survive thanks to Foundation Church today. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You've got to address disappointment before it turns into something bigger. Before it turns into anger. Before it turns into bitterness. Before it turns into depression. You've got to address it before it turns. And you can't allow disappointment to turn you into a joy sucker. Right? When you don't get what you want, it's amazing to me when somebody gets what you want and somebody's going to get what you want, it just happens. You go, well, pfft, yeah, it must be nice to be them. Great. Everything goes their way. You never lose. Why don't you just go and play the lottery, right? Because you probably win that too. And, and we become this joy sucker that nobody wants to be around and we can't rejoice and help others in the purpose and will of their God, of, of God's will for their life. Here's the deal. David could have been a joy sucker and just sat there and pouted, but instead he decided, I'm going to use my life to help somebody else fulfill the will and purpose of God in their life. And, and, and I got to tell you, this week when I got the news Monday, I wanted to sit there and I wanted to say words that I shouldn't say. Some of you are like, really, really? I was like, mm. And I wanted to be like, well, you know what? I'm going to talk bad about them. I'm going to talk bad about that church. I'm going to talk about bad about the church. No, no, we're not. We're all on the same team. Right? We're all on the same team. Our job is not to build Foundations Church. Our job is to make Jesus famous in all that we do. And sometimes that all is hard. And sometimes that all is difficult. But we're not going to pout and we're not going to be a joy sucker. Here's the deal, and here's what I will tell you, and here's what I learned this week. You can trust God's plan even when it doesn't go as you planned. You can still trust God's plan 
even when it doesn't go as you planned. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12 through 14 says this, who else has held the oceans in his hands? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? Who's able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? I tell you what this, what this scripture is saying, I would tell you, man, go read the whole chapter of Isaiah 40. But what this is saying is, man, God has got this. He's got everything under control and he doesn't need you to tell him what's best for you. He just needs you to trust him. This would be like me going while Steve Newsbaum or Kevin Kunkel's getting ready to be, do surgery. I mean, by, right when Kevin's getting ready to make a cut, be like, I'm not sure if that's right. Right? It's be like a lawyer's in our churches and me be like, I'm not sure that's a good point, a good argument. I'm not, I don't know if I do that. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, Grace, I know, but. And here's the reality. God knows what's best for you, for me, for us. And you can trust his plan even when it doesn't go as you planned continues to say this in in verse 28 and 31. It says, have you not known, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What I can tell you is this, is God is still good even when it doesn't go your way. God is still a good God even when it doesn't make sense to you. God is still a good God, even when you don't get what you want. You can trust him. You may be tired in this place, but can you wait on him? Because his promise is this. If you wait on him, he'll give you strength to keep waiting. He'll give you strength to keep running. How do you deal with disappointment? Psalms 118, verse 24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice And be glad in it. And if you can keep this up there for a while. Your day of disappointment. Your day of things not going the way you wanted it. Your day of loss. That's the day the Lord still made. And the only person that gets to choose how you react in it is you. Whether you praise or whether you pout is up to you. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Can I tell you what we are doing, Foundation Church, and how we are moving forward? It didn't turn out like the way I thought or the way I wanted. But what I can tell you is this. Your leadership team is looking for the next step. And your leadership team isn't going to do something stupid financially that we won't, that we should not do. But what I can tell you is your pastor and us as Foundation Church, we're going to thrive where God has us. We're going to flourish where he has us. We're going to keep making a difference in this neighborhood and in the greater Tulsa area. We're going to keep reaching people. We're going to see forever people... 
forever's change. We are going to keep being fruitful where he has us because this is the day the Lord has made and we're going to rejoice and we're going to praise and we're going to keep changing lives and we're going to keep being used where God has us and we're going to be glad in it. We're not going to sulk and we're going to not pout. And watch your decision and watch your choice and how are you going to react when it doesn't go your way. You can sulk or you can praise. You can be unfruitful or you can be fruitful. You can get busy working or you can get busy putting off. But can I tell you, make the most of the no. Realize God still has a plan. He still has a purpose. He still wants to use you. He still wants you to be fruitful and flourish, but the choice is up to you. How are you going to deal with the no's? Keep moving through it and realize this morning, you can still trust his plan when it doesn't go as you planned. He's still a good God. And man, he's still doing great things and good things through you. Just keep staying faithful to follow his will. Because I promise you this much, his will is way better than your wants. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I, I thank you that you know what's best for us. God, the reality is you care more about our lives than we even do. God, you care more about this church than I do. You know what's best for us even more than we do. And so, Lord, I pray that for those of us that maybe we're just dealing with disappointment, maybe things aren't the way we thought they would be. Our expectation is here and reality is here. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's where we're at in our job. Maybe it's where we are financially or health. Whatever it may be, God, you know it and you see it. Lord, I pray that we would come to understand. But Lord, you've got it all under control. You truly have it all under control. And so, Lord, we pray your kingdom come. Your will be done this morning. And we don't just say it, we mean it. God, your will be done over our wants, even when it's good wants. God, even when it's a good dream. God, we want your will and your purpose to prevail. And so, Lord, for those of us that maybe we're here and we're just tired, we feel a little zapped from our disappointment. God, I pray that your word says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. God, I pray that we would wait on you this morning. We'd realize, God, you still have great things for us. And that we would declare this is the day the Lord's made. Whether it's the day I asked for, whether it's the day I thought, whether it's the situation I thought my life would be in, this is the day you have made. And I choose to rejoice. I choose to be glad in it. I choose to be fruitful in it and faithful in it. Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning if you're here. You say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Maybe you're here and you just say, I just need to recommit my life to him. Because where I'm at, my relationship with him isn't where I should be. 
When I count to three, would you just raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change that. We're not going to, I mean, we're not going to do anything to embarrass you. On the contrary, this is a place and a point you should be excited about and not nervous about. And if that's you, just raise your hand and we want to lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me today. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands are lifted. There's three. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in service today. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask that your grace, your love, your mercy would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these three individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.